Hello, Wake and Live. I'm here with Jeffrey, my husband, and we're just going to tell you a little bit about our story first, but we're going to do a series on marriage. So we'll just answer any questions and um, talk through some stuff and tell you a little bit of our heart of why we even want to do stuff like this for people in marriages. So I'll start with a little bit of our story. Um, I think I was 17 at the time I worked at a coffee shop when you first saw me. Mm -hmm. But I actually did not know that you existed. Mm, yes. Right. <laughs> and I think the first time that I actually like kind of knew who you were was one of my sister's friends mentioned this guy named Jeff who um, I should marry. That's what she basically mm -hmm. said. She said, oh, he has a lot of money. You should totally marry him. And I met you at the Rogue Valley Mall. Yeah. With her. And she's like, oh, this is Jeffrey, the one I was telling you about. Well, she was wrong about the money, but she was right that you should marry me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyways, and I was like, no, I'm good. I want to marry a poor missionary. Mm -hmm. I don't want to marry a businessman. Mm -hmm. And then I went off to do YWAM. You did. Yep. But you got my email before. You were very idealistic. I was very idealistic. You I knew, still am very idealistic. You thought idealistic. you knew everything. You had all these grand dreams yeah. and exactly planned out. Mm -hmm. Exactly mm -hmm. who I wanted to marry. Mm -hmm. I had a journal and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just had it all figured out. And then did. life happened. Yes. So, yeah. So, you got my email before I went to YWAM, but you never used it. Yep. I did not. I knew that it wouldn't do any good. At that point? Because you were just, yeah. You, you had your ideals. You knew what you were doing. And I did not fit into those. <laughs> So yeah, why don't you tell a little bit more of your side? Yeah, I mean, I, I had, I was in, engaged to someone um, before that, and that was a pretty bad relationship, and I called that off about a year or so before that, um, and then yeah, you caught my eye, and I, you know, actually caught my eye when I was playing worship from the stage um, every Tuesday night at the church we were going to. Um, yeah, I can re remember you telling me. You remember what I was wearing or something? Yes, I do. You had a you had a polka dot shirt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I remember you caught my eye there, and then I had the chance to talk to you a few times. Got your email address, but never used it. And then you showed back up in January with um, two broken feet. Yes, which for those who don't know, I jumped off a waterfall and in Maui um, when I was in YWAM, and I broke both my heels. And so I came home with. In a wheelchair with two broken feet. And so that was my time to pounce because you, all of your, couldn't run. all of your dreams were on pause. Mm -hmm. All of your grand ideas. Mm -hmm. So I found a way to be the one to take you to church. Yeah, I remember our second encounter where I really knew you. You had come to my parents' apartment with a friend to take me to church, and you had to carry me down mm -hmm. my parents' yeah. stairs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Hi, nice to meet you. Will you carry me?" So then, yeah, we, you know, you definitely always had this attractional pull, um, even though I'm a lot slower to move than you are with everything. But, yeah, that helped that I denied you for nine months. Yeah, so then for nine months, we kind of had this push-pull thing where I was drawn to you, but you would go back and forth every couple minutes between calling me a stalker or uh, wanting to hang out with more with me. Mm -hmm. And so that happened for nine whole months. And finally, you came to your senses. Yeah. I remember uh, telling you that I did not think that you were my husband. Mm -hmm. Like God had told me that I didn't think you yeah. were my husband on yep. my parents' back porch. Yep. What did you say to me when I said that? Well, I said you were crazy. But 
<laughs> and I said, that's fine. And then I just, you know, we sat down and prayed for your future husband. And we just said, yeah, he friends. prayed for my future husband. It was yep. very sweet. So I prayed for myself. Yeah, basically. Which is cool. <laughs> but You didn't know that at the time, though. And then I had a second surgery on my feet, and he bought me, like, the world's biggest flowers. And they couldn't even fit through my parents' door. And I remember calling him going, ah, my dad says I have to say thank you. I was such a brat. Yeah, no, you were such a brat. I told you I wouldn't, that uh, you couldn't pay me to date you. Yes, I remember you sitting me down. And I remember that that moment when you sat me down and said, no one can pay me to date you right now. That you were very attractive to me all mm -hmm. of a sudden. Yes, you needed to be, um, yeah, you needed to see but I wasn't a pushover. Yes, I did yeah. need to see that. I knew that it was a lot to handle and I needed somebody who was going to be able to stand up against me. Yeah. I also remember that's when you kind of went away for a little bit. That was after the flower comment of me yeah. just saying, oh, thanks. Yeah, you, I thought you were a brat for sure. You, you were done. And so I had a lot of time by myself to just think and pray. And I remember that's when like the Lord started changing my heart. I just was... By myself I didn't have a lot of people around and I was praying a lot and he was doing a lot of like healing work on me and I remember I started to have feelings for you but I was so nervous that it was just because I missed the attention so I wouldn't tell anyone I think I told my mom and like Lauren and that was the only person people I told and just asked them to like be praying if it was real that I would know and then I think it had been a couple months since I'd seen you and you decided to take me out to church I'd asked you or something to take me out to church and I got in your car and you're like, how are you doing? How's your feet? And I was like, actually, they really hurt, which I was the typical girl who would always be like, I'm good. Everything's great. I feel fine. And I remember thinking in that moment and feeling like I heard God speak to me in that moment that I pushed away the only person I could really trust with my feelings and my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started, it started to turn for me. Mm -hmm. yep. And then I came to you and I said, my, how did I word it? I said, my Feelings for you are a hundred percent greater than my fear, or something. Mm -hmm. Yep, something cheesy. Yeah, it was very cheesy, but it it, it worked. Yep. And you did say that you were numb yeah, when so I told I, you that I, at I that point. I didn't believe you. You didn't believe me. Yes, I think that 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 was the base of our story, though, because yeah, you have very high highs and very low lows. You're very emotional. Mm -hmm. You're the Enneagram two. Mm -hmm. I'm the Enneagram five. I'm a lot slower to move and just think through everything. I don't feel my emotions much, but that was even present early in our relationship where we just, we compliment each other and complimenting each other in a relationship is very important as long as there's the trust. As long as you truly can be partners, then you can really balance each other out. And that was, that happened even from our earliest days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started dating. Mm -hmm. And we dated for a year and 10 months. Yeah, we waited. We were, we dated. We waited so long. We did not wait that long. <laughs> you wanted to be married. Like as soon as you, you're, again, your switch is either on or off. So yes. it was off for nine months while mm -hmm. I was slowly, my feelings for you were growing. So I was just slowly going this and you were off. And then all of a sudden you were like up here and we should have been married yesterday. Um, <laughs> so we had to wait for a whole year, you know, for a lifetime decision. It was almost you. For a lifetime decision, I think that's fine. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, and then we got married. Yeah. And we got married right at the same time as um, we were also, I was making a change from construction where I was working for my dad um, into starting the business with you and, and 
or with your family members mm -hmm. that we now have BlackRock. So yep. it was a crazy time. I remember at our wedding, we had Carrie to the table because in my cheesy romantic way, you had carried me physically when I needed to be carried with my feet and God had carried me emotionally. And so that was like our song that we had at our wedding. That was it. And so then, yeah, then we were kind of plunged pretty quickly. I mean, we started the business, we got married in 07 and then the business opened in February of 08. So those two things were really, really close in time and all right when the last financial crisis was really just starting. Mm -hmm. um, and so the world all kind of fell apart at that time. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had a really rough, we didn't have a rough first year marriage. No, not so really. We had a pretty easy first year, um, but definitely on internally it was good. Externally it was really tough mm -hmm. because, you know, financially we were just really thrown into the fire. And that put a lot of stress. And then at the same time, it wasn't long before we had Gracie, which was only... 2009. Yeah, only two years after we got married, essentially. I think Actually, that was when, that, when we had Gracie, and that was when the business was really struggling. It was probably our hardest yes. year. Yes, 2009, 2010 was, was really, really rough. Mm -hmm. I had to go on unemployment. You were um, you know, a new mom dealing with a really uh, colicky baby. And that's probably when, that was the roughest time probably of our marriage where we just, neither of us was really equipped to deal with. We both felt we were, you know, at 120% each. Mm -hmm. and, and you always used to say back then that you're giving 110%. And if you feel like you're giving 110%, it has to be that the other person isn't giving enough. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we would always clash because you were giving 110%, I was, but it felt like you couldn't have been giving all that you were giving because there's still so much more to be done. Yes. Yeah. And that was, even just putting those words to it, I remember really helped us not fight so much mm -hmm. because we we're like, okay, that, that makes sense and just put words to what we were feeling. Yeah. And so, yeah, getting through that time was really difficult. I think that's also though what refined our... Um, relationship in the way of like what, what we've always said is to, you know that we that we never give up that really i think is the time that galvanized us as knowing that we were you know in this together forever and having to go through that time gave us that foundation to be able to know that that no matter what we were doing we had to attack the problems side by side mm -hmm. and never be fighting with each other but that also and, and in doing that if you know that the person that you're with is always there, then you are really free to be able to have really honest conflict. And uh, I think that's where that, we really learned that during that time. Mm -hmm. But we could just honestly fight with the gloves off in a way. And I think that's what's different about us from looking at other people is we, our fights are pretty, can be really nasty, but, but they're very honest and they, we can say, things that we really feel even if they're hurtful but we at the core we know that in the end we are on the same side and that we are there's no there's no giving up that we're 100 together but that gives us a freedom and yeah i feel doing. like something that i've recognized that is kind of a switch is the underlining trusting that the other person's heart's for you mm -hmm. and if you trust that the heart is for you then even in the conflicts and in the fights you're never questioning whether the heart is for you. I, yeah, I feel like that's what I recognized a lot in the previous of other marriages is that 
um, it's the underlining trust issues that really make or break conflicts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't have conflict if there's no trust. Yeah, and I think that if you trust that somebody's heart is for you, then a conflict and a fight doesn't become about not trusting their heart. It just becomes about what the conflict and the fight is about. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, like you don't take out the trash. It doesn't become about, oh, Jeffrey doesn't care about me. He doesn't love me. That's why he's not taking out the trash. It's just Jeffrey's not taking out the trash and we deal with that. Mm -hmm. We talk about that or vice versa. If there's another example for mm -hmm. you. There's mm -hmm. lots. Of <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it is true. But underlining trust is a really big mm -hmm. issue to, to tackle right away. And I think that that's something that we've always really fought for is trusting each other's hearts, knowing that our hearts are good towards each other that's in the long run. We fought, we fought to be able to believe to that. To believe that. choose to believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so then we got through that hard time um, into, you know, the first hard, uh, hard financial times and then into a lot of family conflict in the business and a lot of just, you know, the adolescence of BlackRock and, Getting through that time, which was really difficult, um, you know, things we should have done differently, things that we wish other people had done differently, lots of just no real winners out of that whole thing. Uh, but it was, and it was also really trying, but probably was another time that, you know, further galvanized our marriage um, and, you know, put us in, into where we kind of are now in the last, you know, three years, four years almost. How long have we been married? Um, it's a test. 12 years. It is 12. It'll be 13 mm -hmm. September. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I win. You do win. Uh, yeah, and so then that's put us to this place. And one of the things that I always knew was that, um, you know, I always wanted you to be able, you know, I have my thing. I have BlackRock, something that I can, you know, put my skills to. I can express my gifts. I um, am a leader of all that stuff, but I've always, you know, we've always talked about, and I wanted for you to have, you know, an ability to express your gifts and to do the things that you wanted to do and to bring into the world, you know, um, the things that God has for you. And so that's when we started talking about Awaken several years ago. Mm -hmm, 2015, yeah. That's, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of just been this evolution of as you got more time, as the kids got older, that you then had more time and energy and, um, emotional output even just to be able to um, pour into other people mm -hmm. and to um, share the things that you've learned and that we've learned and um, just to really love on people and invest in people. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, even when we were just dating, you talked to me a lot about this movie that you watched that um, mm -hmm. says by the line was by her chairs. Mm -hmm. You shared this with me since way back when we were dating. Mm -hmm. It was like this really old movie. No, it's not that old. It's, uh, Isn't it super old? No, it's not that um, old. Maybe, maybe for you. <laughs> that is true. You're five years my senior. Yeah. So. so it's the Phenomenon movie with John Travolta. Yes. And there's just this line at the end where, um, you know, the premise being that uh, the girl that he loved built chairs and she built these, you know, wicker chairs and she sold them. And after... You know, the John Travolta guy passed away. It comes to light that he was the one who was buying all of her chairs, and uh, with the lesson being kind of that you know you need to you need to you need to invest in the things that your wife puts her heart into, mm -hmm. and so whatever that is, um, and then for you it's awakened. For mm -hmm. you it's it's um, 
having that close knit group of friends that you have that, that you guys are able to put on conferences or retreats or even just you know things together and or content like this online where mm-hmm. you get to um, just just try to again teach and you know, love on and support and you know the whole tagline you know to to let women you know live freely in what they are and live free of what they're not mm-hmm. and I think that sums it all up but yeah that those are your chairs that's what you invest in that's what you love and that's what you love to do that's what you like you're passionate about it's what you're thinking about all the time and so that's that's what I've chose to invest in yeah and yeah and you've done a really good job of that anytime that you know we have leadership retreats with just the girls you take the kids and um I did wash dishes you wash dishes at a retreat dishes. you did I feel like you need tons of praise for that yeah You've yeah, done sure. really good. And even before Awaken, I think you always really supported anything I was passionate about. My mommy group back yeah. back in the day, you were very supportive of that. Um, I think I did retreats with the church that we went to when the girls were little. And you were really supportive. You've just always been really supportive. You'd always take the kids, do whatever you could to give me that outlet of mm-hmm. of just owning who I was outside of being a mom and a wife, which is I'm really thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like I was supportive of you for BlackRock? Or how do you feel like we we navigated BlackRock together as a couple? I mean, I think that, I mean, for one thing, you, you've always believed in me, which is huge, and never questioned, um, you just never questioned, um, I don't know, whether it's decisions I made or, um, you know, even things that were hard for you or whatever, I mean, you know, in the earlier days when I was working with a lot of other younger younger girls or whatever, you, you always supported me through that, believed the best in me, um, where some women could have gotten hung up on that. Um, and then, you know, you've never cared about money. You've never cared about any, any of the other trappings that, that um, I don't know, somebody that's had success, the success that we've had. I mean, you, none of that ever comes into play. And that, I don't know, I've never thought about that, but that's actually really freeing so that's nice mm-hmm. i mean i think and overall i mean you come to the events you love on you love on the employees you care about the employees you care about it as as um as the thing that i'm passionate about so you're so you um you share in that load mm-hmm. you know and then oh, obviously you've just been a mom raised the kids you deal with my travel you deal with me having to you know sometimes like we've just had with all this COVID stuff, you know, the last month's probably been mm-hmm. the hardest, the hardest month in a decade, um, business wise. And, you know, you've just been really supportive and understanding and, um, you know, let me process things the way I need to process it and give me the space to do that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. I feel like it goes both ways, mm-hmm. the supporting of each other and being, I guess that, each other's number one fan in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that also you've got to know, like, I think that's the other thing that we somehow got to, and I'm not even sure fully how, but just the fact of, like, that we want, like, we want our partner being, to be complete, to be a complete person, because when you're building up your spouse, you're building up yourself, you're building up your life, you're building up the mother or the father of your kids, you're building up, like, if you're really going to spend your life with this person, then every ounce of energy and love and support that you pour into that person is is making your life better is making your existence better is, is it you know it's 
And when you really view it that way, it, it's, um, it reframes everything. It just, you know, but we somehow got into a place where we can do that pretty freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, you, I feel like part of that is you've led that way. You've led that way and making it just as important what I'm passionate about as what you're passionate about. And, mm-hmm. and just as important to give me my time and things like that. So I think you've really led in that way. Well, I mean, I want you to be the full version of yourself. And again, I guess, and that's probably also where, again, you've supported me. Like you've never put limits on, you know, what I can be, you know, in BlackRock and, and you've always pushed that. And, you know, you put limits on obviously travel and healthy limits, healthy boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not so healthy but, boundaries. But in the same deal, that's where I want, you know, when we're 85 sitting on the porch, I want you to have a full life that you, um, that you have lived well and you've grown. And I think that's the other thing is we're committed to growth mm-hmm. and, you know, to grow, you have to challenge yourself and to grow, you have to lean into the pain of the moment mm-hmm. and, um, you know, work the problem at hand and solve the problem at hand. And you've got to build something, um, from the, you know, from the, ground up and and take those chances and those risks and i want we would be having unbalanced marriage if i had been doing all of that at blackrock and building what is now a fairly large business and gone through all of that but you were completely unchallenged in your life like we'd be unbalanced Mm -hmm. and um so that's why i've always encouraged you to push yourself and to push yourself and to to do the same thing that i've done at blackrock in awaken Mm -hmm. because you know, it's like I said, it's, it's what lets us live kind of both at that same, um, that same like constant level of growth and challenge that, that keeps refining us as people mm-hmm. and as parents and as leaders and as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. So I also feel like you've been really good at including me in on the important parts of the decisions of BlackRock and mm-hmm. just making me feel like it is a team a team decision not mm-hmm. just i mean there's certain things of course that it's like i don't really know about and mm-hmm. i don't really need to know about but when it becomes like big things mm-hmm. and things that really matter to you really asking me and caring about my opinion and giving mm-hmm. that respect towards me i think has been really monumental for me as a as a wife yeah. that i could see would be lacking sometimes in other marriages or relationships yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's where also where we've learned again to counterbalance. Whereas I'm slow and methodical, and in my head, I mean, the kind of the, the joke would be that you know, I I only feel five percent of emotions, you know, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. Um, everything else is very just, you know, I kind of I, and I, I just all the feels. And you have ninety five percent emotions <laughs> and five percent logic, and, and I'm reverse, so. That's where, like, when I make big decisions, I need to leverage your emotional intelligence to help me do that sometimes. Much like, you know, you need to leverage yes, my gifts and logic yeah. when you make other decisions. Yeah. But that's... What was the thing that I said to you one time when I was like, your logic? Yes, no, you said, I don't need your facts. <laughs> oh, that's what you said. That's right. Yeah, right. In quotations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that which made no sense at all. But that's, that's, our, that's our deal, so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's what's kind of set us up is, again, the trust that we have in one another's hearts. And then, 
the the true partnership in you know again I outsource my emotion to you a lot of the time and lead or I let you lead things kind of emotionally or from a heart level and you outsource logic to me and you don't have to worry about anything any facts at all <laughs> um, and so and yet that that's worked out really well for us mm-hmm. um, and so it puts us in a pretty good place I think too yeah I think yeah. that's something I've also learned is having the ability to learn from each other and not being too prideful to not learn from each other I was a very opinionated loud um, pretty obnoxious person, I think, until mm-hmm. you came into the picture and really taught me a different way of communicating and a different way of getting people's respect. I think I thought that was the way to earn people's respect. And you showed me that your quiet confidence was actually more powerful. And I was able to learn from that and feel I've even molded more to you. But you've also done that with me and, and you're more maybe outgoing than you were before me and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also a huge key component in marriage is being able to lay down what you think is the absolute right way and learn from the other person's way and grow and mold into that person mm-hmm. more. Yep. So yeah, that's just a little bit of our story and who we are and where we're, where we are now, I guess. Um, but we're going to have um, more episodes to come where we go into a little bit of your guys' questions that you've sent in. Um, questions like how do you communicate in conflict or um, questions about how you communicate in conflict even when you're both bad at it. I liked that question. That was a good one. Um, And just other things like that. So be looking forward to more episodes with Jeffrey and Liv on marriage. Thanks, babe. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. See you.